Okay. Hi. This is my son Isaac. Uh, on Saturday morning. He got married on Saturday afternoon. And the reason why he's wearing handcuffs is because he'd just done this to about three cars. It's an interesting question. Uh, I don't know what it's like in the United States, but in Britain, when you damage a car, all you do is you take a piece of paper to the police and say, my car is now repaired. And they say, fine. That's how the FDA regulates medical devices. They regulate medical devices by the manufacturers sending them paper. There is a, a trolley that one of my postdocs photographed in the FDA. That is not the manufacturer's submission to get approval to use a medical device. That is the manufacturer's answer to one question from the FDA. And the FDA has to respond within 90 days. You can see this is not the way to regulate medical devices. And uh, does it matter? Right. This is uh, a pie chart of uh, the ways you're going to die, right? and heart disease is the biggest one, cancer is the next biggest, and if you listen to most people they would say stroke is the next biggest, but in fact preventable hospital error is the third biggest killer in the United States and in Britain. So this is septicemia. That's septicemia, blood poisoning and stuff like that. Uh, so, I'm Harold Thumbleby, and I'm going to give a talk about improving safety in medical devices and systems. And you're all computer scientists, or many of us are computer scientists, and probably you think the first thing you should do to improve safety is bring in a computer system. A hospital in Pittsburgh, Children's Hospital, uh, installed an off-the-shelf computer system in 2002, and the paediatrics ward was measuring mortality, right? So most kids in the paediatric ward are not very well. 3% of the kids were dying. They installed an off-the-shelf computer system and mortality doubled. The main reason it doubled is that who uses the computer? The physicians do. And basically every patient lost about half a physician to play with the computer. And the value of the computer was less than the loss in staff time per patient. Mortality doubled. So here's a list of problems. Uh, the clinicians just do not understand computers. They think they're wonderful, we need iPads, iPhones, stuff like that. It's great stuff, they don't get it. Regulators, and I put don't understand, because when you talk to the regulators themselves, they even get formal methods. The, the laws under which they operate were controlled by the manufacturers who don't want to use formal methods or anything like that. So the regulators don't understand. The manufacturers really don't understand. Uh, a typical encounter I have with a manufacturer is, first of all, they're horrified, and then about an hour later, they say, our lawyers tell us we shouldn't talk to you. Because if they know about the problems, they have to fix them. They would rather not know about the problems and nobody's complaining about it. The design companies that the manufacturers subcontract have absolutely no idea. They make things look pretty. And the World Health Organization doesn't understand. For example, it's got a thing called a never event. Never events do not happen, which is completely counterproductive, because if things don't happen, you can't regulate them. It also means that if you do something that doesn't happen, you're not going to say you did it. And I gave this talk at the Royal College of Anaesthetists a couple of weeks ago, and an anaesthetist came up to me and said, I mean, I'm not a clinician, he said, you're so right, we killed somebody last week because we had a never event. Surgeon cuts out a kidney, drops it in formaldehyde, and then says, shit, but it hasn't happened. And once you drop it in formaldehyde, you can't put it back in. Whereas if they didn't have never events, they just said we're trying to reduce it 
to be as low as possible, you put it in a bucket of ice until you're certain you've taken the right kidney out. But they took the wrong kidney out and they screwed it up and the guy died. Referees don't understand, and I've got a bit of a hobby horse about this. The Royal Academy of Engineering turned down a proposal of mine a couple of weeks ago, and one of the referees said, why would you use formal methods for patient safety? It's a human factors problem. Here is a medical device website I was looking at last week. Uh, the medical device and diagnostic industry, and I thought you'd enjoy this quote that was put up there, 15th of May. I'll read it out for you. Medical devices are typically programmed in C, arguably the great granddaddy of modern programming languages. C excels at the sort of control algorithms that medical devices require for functions such as insulin, and I'll show you an insulin pump in a moment. C also keeps programmers from having to worry about memory leaks and, <laughs> and open source issues that would cause regulatory and safety concerns. <laughs> so, could you stop in cognitive distance overload? <laughs> yeah, if, if you're ill, don't go to hospital. So, let me contrast. The world likes usability. I like iPads, and if you go to ACM, it's all about the fun and excitement, user experience. It's basically uh, psychology-driven, empirically-based, and on personal experience. I like things so we ought to have iPads in hospitals. Problem about personal experience is basically errors happen because I don't notice they're happening. I'm unaware of the errors I'm making. If I was aware, I wouldn't make the bloody things, would I? So everybody without support from formal methods is going to want systems that are fun rather than safe and effective. Contrast that with this formal methods approach. You need formal methods because you've got to have coverage. A usability experiment can't last long enough to find the sorts of problems that kill people. And we've done experiments in our labs where you can show that if you want to do a usability experiment to the ISO standard, you would need to take about 50 years to find the sorts of problems that we know that kill people. And the regulator's paradox, if you're trying to reduce errors to zero, you end up with no data to regulate. This is completely the wrong way of doing it. Here's a good example. These are two infusion pumps. The manufacturer told me not to show you this or show anybody this. I've got a letter from them. Uh, these are both the same infusion pump. Right? They're both Bodyguard 545, made by CME Medical. And basically the difference between them is the one on the right looks a bit more like an iPad, so you want to buy it. But they're both um, crap. But they have been improved to make them sell better, and because they're the same device, they're going to confuse procurement, training, nurses, and everything else. You get transfer errors between them because they have completely different user interfaces. Uh, here's an infusion pump. I, I found a problem with an infusion pump, and I told the FDA, and they said, well, that's a British one. So I went to the Boston, Massachusetts General Hospital and played with a carbon care fusion pump here, and I want to show you the rate is 0.02 mils per hour. And down here, it's come up with a diagnostic saying the rate is less than minus 0.1. And of course, a rate of minus 0.1 means it's sucking stuff out of the patient. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a simple bug, right? And it should not have happened. Uh, the F MHRA, the UK version of the FDA, issued an alert about this in, uh, insulin pump. And uh, I'll show you two things that are wrong with it. This is straight out of the MHRA. The first is, it's got a U there. You're not allowed to use U's because they're confusable with zeros. U stands for international unit. Right? So at least they haven't said IU, which would be even worse. So what happens, there's a zero, you press down to decrease it, and you end up with 10. 
So this device does now alert out saying, train the nurses, as opposed to, you know, upgrade the software. So security and safety. I think it's really interesting to look at the two things. A lot of money goes into security. And very little money goes into safety. Security is about stopping bad people doing bad things. We know there are bad people out there, so if somebody does a denial of service attack or something like that, it's your own silly fault. You expect bad people to do bad things. Okay? Whereas safety is about stopping good people doing bad things. So when something bad happens, you blame the person who was in the room when the bad thing happened. And you don't have to change anything. Let me give you an example of this. Uh, here's Kimberly Hyatt, pediatric nurse of 25 years standing, and one day she gave a poorly baby an overdose of calcium chloride. Uh, what you do is you tell your boss, and she was then escorted from the hospital. And shortly afterwards, the nursing commission, this is in Seattle, gave her a $3,000 fine, 80 hours of coursework, and put her on probation. Right? So that's what happens to the nurse who presses the wrong button. Okay? And it gets worse because she committed suicide. She's called the second victim. The first victim is the patient. The second victim is the carer who was in, in the room when the incident happened. And it gets worse. The nursing commission said she was obviously to blame, so they terminated the investigation. We have no idea how she made uh, an overdose error. She might have been using one of these calculators, and I brought some along. And I can show you bugs with this calculator and different bugs with the Apple one if you think they're even better. But these things are rubbish. They shouldn't be used in hospitals. They've got lots of problems and I don't have enough time to talk about them. And I'll be happy to do so. So instead, I'm going to wrap up. Uh, here's a paper we've published, Benefits of Formalizing Interactive Number Entry, Case Studies on Drug Infusion Pumps. And one of the things that's nice about this is the FDA has co-authored it with us. So there are individuals in the FDA who understand the issues, but the regulatory process doesn't let them use these methods. And this is sort of results. These are uh, error rates for burns calculations. If you end up in emergency burned, you need fast resuscitation. And we can use techniques that improve the error rates. Uh, this is for drug infusion. We can improve the death rates for drug infusions. A factor of five or a factor of two. And uh, this is something I gave a talk in Michigan uh, a couple of weeks ago for Kevin Fu, and I called this the Thimbleby effect. He said it ought to be called the Fu effect. Yeah. Along the bottom, I've got how good a nurse is. Along the bottom, I've got how good the nurse is. The better the nurse, the less I can help them do better. The worse the nurse, the more you can help them improve by improving the technology. And this is real data that I'm showing you. So, just sh shut up. The solutions are user simulation. Using real users takes far too long. You can do it a billion times faster if you have cognitive models and run computers to simulate them. And you find bugs instantly doing that. Uh, error management user interfaces. Uh, if you use Microsoft Word, uh, it's got a delete key on it. Yeah, because you make mistakes and you want to correct them. You show me a dialysis machine or an infusion pump or whatever that's got a leaky on it. They don't have them because it's a professional error to make a mistake. Uh, there's a lot of theory that we can put into designing things that are better than they are. And we could use formal methods, which I've mentioned. 
And in our labs, user simulation can improve commercial products by about a factor of five. By a factor of five, I mean a standard measure is what's called out by 10 errors. If you give somebody 10 times too much morphine, typically you kill them. Right? So out by 10 errors is something that is reportable. We can reduce out by 10 errors by a factor of five using simulation methods, by a factor of 30 by changing the user interface. Uh, depending on what you think, you, we've got examples where we can double the safety and formal methods. We can double the safety by eliminating bugs. And the best thing, of course, would be to start thinking, which everybody is reluctant to do. So, thanks very much.